Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives, followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 98. I got Lauren is with me today. He had the week off last week, and so we kicked out Tanner today and said, uh, Lauren, you can fill the space with all of your words. I heard that. I listened to, I enjoyed last <laughs> week's episode, and uh, I noticed that in my absence, you kind of threw me under the bus there a little bit. Is it throwing you under the bus if it's accurate? No, okay, actually. Fair point. Fair point. It's <laughs> called know. observation, I think. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I don't know. Um, how was your week? Is really good. Yeah. I will not belabor it or, uh, you know, make uh, make too much of, of the unique experience I had. But I will say briefly, I got to ski in the Rocky Mountains for two days. It was a very short trip, but it was a wonderful trip to Durango, Colorado. Life-giving for me. Planned it just a few weeks ago with a couple extended family members. Just, just three guys that went out there. And it was really fun. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, we uh, we worked and you know did a podcast and <clears throat> yeah, you know, well, all those other things. That I will I will do. say this: skiing <laughs> is probably the thing I do best. There's a lot of things wow. I'm not very good at, but I grew up skiing. The thing you do best, sports wise. Okay, like, sports wise. Like I was better. Not skier. not out of anything you do. Uh, I'm a good sleeper. <laughs> um, I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> I'm just curious. I was, no, but skiing I, is I'm, the thing I I'm do thinking best of sports. more than anything. I was. I'm a, I'm a mediocre athlete, okay. and skiing's my my best. Uh, I will say this to all of my Texas and Oklahoma friends who have not yet stepped into that world: uh, don't do it. Very expensive. Yes, it's it's like one of the most expensive things you could do for yourself, for your family. Uh, incredibly fun. Right. That's the, that's the catch. Is is, yes. is this is super fun? Not but also, if you can't also afford not it, a quick learning start. curve. Like I, I, it's not intuitive. You, you're you're looking down at a you know 50 degree angle on a mountain and you're supposed to lean forward. Have fun. You yeah, know, go. The instruction is put all the weight on your shins and your knees and <laughs> lean forward, and your mind is going, lean back. Yeah. Stop. And yeah. It's just incredibly counterintuitive. Mm. But I I learn. It's one of those things you teach your kids something and they just master. Like they little yeah, right. kids can learn teach second them languages. Little. Yep. And they just do it so quickly, and it's frustrating for us old farts watching. Yeah, right. Skiing's the same way. You, you try to learn to ski in your 40s, 50s. Eey. Like, good luck. Yeah, I grew up um, I grew up skiing. That was one of the things that my, my parents... I didn't know that. Um, ...did a lot. We, we, my dad had uh, has two brothers, and so they're... All three of those families would get together, and we would we, kind of kind of be like a family reunion type type of a deal that we would do most years. So we were blessed to get to go frequently, and I think it's also um, you know like tripled or quadrupled and or or ten times whatever it is the price that it used to be. Um, it's incredibly, expensive. but it was something that it was something that my parents sacrificed in order to make sure that we could get to go do. And so I learned how to do all of that, and uh, grew up. Grew up skiing. New Mexico, Colorado? Colorado. Okay. Uh, lots of lots of winter park mostly. Um, That's one of my favorite spots. A couple of other places that we would that we would try out every once I did in a while. Not realize and, that and then about we'd be you. like, we should go back to Winter Park. Yeah. It was better. But but yeah. And so and then in and then in my teens, um, I, uh, I I finally got away from the skis and said, I need to learn how to snowboard. And I learned how to snowboard and I have not looked back. I think the learning curve on snowboarding is three days. Is is, is much quicker. 
It's three just days. more intuitive. You if you skateboard a little bit. If you've skateboarded, but if you haven't done any of that, you're you're yeah. still you're you're sideways. But and... I never skateboarded, and as a longtime skier, I learned to snowboard. I never got great at it, but I learned to snowboard really quickly. Yeah, it's just it's just an easier to me. It's an easier learning curve. Skiing is like you're just slipping all over the place and. You're supposed to lean again. You're supposed to lean. Your, your brain tells you to do the opposite of what you're doing. It's a lot more like roller skating. Yes, without down, the downhill, without, without the skate. It's right. like when you, roller when skating right. down a downhill, steep hill. Right. Like that. Think about that for a second. Yeah, That's terrifying. Those are fun videos when I see them. You <laughs> yeah. know, I like those videos. But uh, okay, so we had the Super Bowl over the weekend. Was there um, a super? Was there a football game? This yeah, weekend? I know Dallas wasn't in it. So no, uh, Dak Prescott was. He at was, his probably his only there. Super Bowl appearance of his career. Oh, that's painful. Won a uh, Walter Payton. That's brutal. Was that some kind of charity award? Like yeah. you, you, you gave back to your man community. of the year. Man of the year. Man of the year. I award. felt bad for him <laughs> at the Super Bowl in street clothes. <laughs> like that is a bummer. Sorry, Deck. Uh, yeah. Sorry about your Eagles. Got to give you a moment, Brooke. Yeah. You know the rest I, of I, us don't care, but I know. I want to give you a moment, but, but not to not to talk about football. Um, there was there was a couple of aspects that that stuck out to me. One is the, is the commercials, and you know everybody everybody loves all of that. Yeah. Um, but the other thing was like I started off. Of course, I, I ended the game frustrated and annoyed. But I started off the game frustrated and annoyed, and so so as my wife has lost her hearing, um, you see, you know when you you know when you when you start to to uh, you're like you're looking at a specific car. You're like I think I'm gonna buy this car. Yeah. And you start to see that everywhere. Oh right, right. You know my wife has started losing her hearing, and so we're starting to see all of these different ways that our world is not built for people that can't hear. Interesting. And uh, and one of the things that stood out to me was um, they they introduced right before the national anthem. They introduced um, Troy Kotzer. The guy that uh, won a an, a, a, an Oscar for Coda. For, for Coda, I saw right? that. So they introduced him, and he was like, "He's going to do the 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 sign and, language." And they didn't show him after that. Did and they, they did not. They showed him one time. When for you would, you would think they would just seconds. have him like on like split screen or exactly something. exactly that's what they do that's what they do all the time. I for, never thought like, about like that. if you watch any church that has that kind of a thing that has that that they're specific up, they're thing. They're front and center. There is a like there's a person signing in the in the bottom corner or right. something like that. Um, when you know, obviously, when it's not captions or whatever, what the heck was he they there never for showed. Then, they right? showed him one time, and I was like, "That's annoying." So then I started like I was I was curious, and so I I jumped on um uh I I think it was on Instagram at the moment, um just kind of looking at some of the pictures and stuff of of Super Bowl, and um some of the people that I follow were talking about that too. That are are you know I'm I, I wouldn't call myself in the deaf community because I can hear, and we're just skimming the surface of of all of that. But several of these people in the deaf community were like. It's been since 1993 since they actually showed the person signing the whole time during the national anthem before the NFL Super, before the Super Bowl. Wait, wait, wait. They they have done it consistently. They have not done it. Oh, before that they did? I don't know. That 93 was the last time that they, that it, may they did. A, it may have been it a was, one-time thing. And so speaking of Coda, it was Garth Brooks doing the singing the national anthem and Marley Matlin who was the other one of the other co-stars of Coda was doing the was signing the national she anthem. was the mom right yes so i was like interesting i, just, I started off kind of a little annoyed 29 I was like, years that's, 20, 30 that's years weird. Ago. 30 years 30 years 30 years and they don't show it and i was and again it's it's one of those things that huh. it it never would have crossed my mind i was like oh that's cool they have somebody it's interesting know, that's fine. 
the rest, oh, now I'm actually trying to pay attention us, to it, and we don't see it. The rest of us hearing folks, you know, are oblivious. Yeah. That's, do you have any uh, Do you have any commercials that stuck out? It seemed like we had a lot of uh, like nostalgia. Like even the what was it like E Trade like the baby commercial they brought that yeah, back they from brought that back a decade that ago that was kind of funny I uh, the Doritos commercials uh, I always like those in general I like the Triangle commercial the Triangle was I, funny I one day want to be a Triangle <laughs> player in a band uh-huh. uh, no I I also I don't know what your uh, experience was but we had a, you know I don't remember what it was eighteen twenty people in our house counting kids. From our small group at church, yeah, and so um, we had it cranked kind of loud because uh-huh. I wanted to hear, but not so loud that you know people who don't care were would yeah. get frustrated. So yeah. I, you couldn't really hear a lot of the commercials. Yeah, I, I realized. I realized. I, I, I was like, I wonder what the best commercials were, yeah. you know. And so I was kind of going back through a list of here's the 51 Super Bowl. Commercials usually in, and- in this day and age, usually within you know a couple hours after the. Super Bowl. It's certainly the next day, like today. A lot of them are out beforehand. It's like here's the yes. Super Bowl commercial, and there's already somebody going here are the top five, right? And you don't, ha- you know. Like, I remember. I thought I wanted to watch them when more. I was on Young Life staff, and we, you know, Monday nights we'd have, you know, um, tons of high school students come to our weekly mm-hmm. outreach program. I, I'm dating myself here. I would, I would record the Super Bowl on a VHS tape, Ooh. and then I would stay up late, and I would splice together. Um, you know the commercials, the best, the best, you know, six, eight, ten commercials, <laughs> and then at Young Life Club the next night, I'd play them, and that was like a huge hit, That's you know. Funny. And to think back at what I was trying to do with technology then, compared to now, it's like okay, search YouTube, and there it is. Yep, it's, and here's somebody already made a mashup because they, are, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. There was a few of them that were that I thought were at least relatively entertaining, but. Um, it seemed like a lot of it was like, like, like even some of the ones that I thought were fun, like Breaking Bad. They, you know, was, somebody, I couldn't hear it, but I saw back, that. They brought Walt, back. Walter it wasn't White like, it and, wasn't and like Jay, overly hilarious. Uh, uh, Pinkman, Jesse. Jesse Pinkman, yeah. And oh, so and they, then two, uh, uh, what's the name of the uh, the bad guy that they were in that scene Oh, with? yeah, yeah, right, uh, exactly. Uh, not to, to, I don't remember. Oh. It's been a long time. But I thought that was really fun. I was like, okay, so we're we're going old school. Then they had like the E Trade one. Um, the T Mobile had one that was the guys from that was the two main characters from Scrubs, the TV yes. show back in the day with John Travolta that singing from singing a song from Greece. That was funny. You know, you had the rock star, uh, the rock star one that had all of the like eighties rock. You know, I guess it wasn't all eighties, but it had uh, it had like like Gene Simmons. Was it Gene Simmons? Um, it was and one of the Kiss guys. It was one of the Kiss yeah, guys. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was actually. It wasn't Gene Simmons. I, but was, I, yeah. I saw that. Um, but they had, you had there was a guy for Kiss, and there was a guy. You know, there was there was you know, other things. Yeah. In the, you know, so it was like that. Um, the uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Did you see that? That, <laughs> that one was kind of funny. She starts singing. Yeah, you're like this. Is this that's for real? a that's a wolf? <laughs> uh, they had uh, they had Diddy. Um, Diddy Diddy doesn't do jingles. I thought that was really funny. But they were like all of these like. Okay, so obviously what they're doing now is they are really trying to hit their main audience, which is the late 30s to maybe mid to late 50s. You know, like that's their, that's their, apparently seems to be their target audience for all of these commercials. I just thought that was, that was interesting. The uh, pre, what's it called? The pre electric, electric, electrification. Electrification. Yes. Tell me that's not. Really funny. It was speaking of not hitting. I thought it was like my funny. kids are like, huh? <laughs> what? I'm like, I'm not explaining this to you. <laughs> and 
<laughs> hey, yeah. can I share one funny thing? Yes. So there's, there's like I said, 18, 20 people, including a bunch of kids at my house. My house is just, it's chaos. There's food everywhere. There's people everywhere. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden, and I got permission from Michael Cately uh, and his, his new wife, Annalisa Cately. Uh, I got permission from them to share this in case you think I'm really crossing a line here. Oh, all of a sudden... <laughs> <laughs> on our group text thread, which includes 12 adults, Michael te- <laughs> Michael texts all of us, taking a poop, I'll be out in like 10 minutes. Annalisa texts, text, OMG. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Abby Aiken, who's in our group, but they're at a different party. Nice. A different party. Yes. Throws in a gif of Elmo on the pot, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> our group thread is just going insane. And Annalise is like, "You are aware this is the group text thread, Michael." <laughs> <laughs> People are like, "Be careful in there!" And how's it going, Michael? <laughs> and then finally, he comes out, and we all cheer like he scored a touchdown. Do and not go in there. Have you? <laughs> like, I'm, I've, I, I don't That's- know that I've done that exact thing thank that's god pretty awesome but you know you're on you just she he types in his wife's name and just kind of hits a bu- couple buttons and he doesn't realize he's in the group thread See, that always, hey, i'll like, be out in a minute i'm just taking it a happens to me it's like i don't i don't create a new thread or search for them i usually it's like oh i'm gonna i was already on that one yes. and i thought i was on a different one yes and so like i'll send my you know i'll send my wife a a, a work text that i'm like i thought i was Oops. sending you or something yeah. and i'm like yeah. hey so what are we doing in this meeting and you're well, she's obviously like, i don't know what you're talking obviously 95 percent of the time it's harmless right it's when it's not it's when it's not and you're talking about your poop so i forgive Mm. me y'all if that's you know just crossing the line of uh juvenile humor (laughs) but i can't tell you how hard our entire group it's it's a bond it speaks to the community you build with Uh friends uh is that all of a sudden you're getting and good luck good luck michael ever living that one down yes michael Cately. that one will be the story for every year when it's super bowl time (laughs) um for forever or or Hey, you don't want to be com- you want to be in community because you know you want to live with. These are the kind of things that if you're not in community, you don't get to experience <laughs> the accidental group thread. Oh, you know, yeah, that's. I'm sorry, Michael. Good luck with that, man. <laughs> um, okay, shifting gears. You were not here last week when it was our first podcast since we had uh, started off Awaken. I'm curious, how is Awaken going for you? We are now um, almost two weeks into it. Uh, how is, um, how's, how's, how's the awakened prayer and fasting, all that devotional? How's it going? I, I, for one, am really enjoying it. Uh, I, I was thrilled last year when we stepped into this as a church for the first time, but I will say year two for me is a, a different experience, uh, as, as I guess it should be expected to be. I love that it's got me praying and thinking about praying for and thinking about, uh, a few key people in my life. Um, that has been, I mean, I think we'd probably all agree we should always do that. We should always be intentional in our respective spheres of influence uh, to engage purposefully, as we like to say in one of our radical minimums, uh, just the intentionality of it. But that's what's really been, I think, the most helpful. I've enjoyed the devotional book. Uh, even you know one or more of the devotionals that aren't as as maybe thought provoking or you know engaging to me as others, it's just I just love the connectedness of of reading what people from other churches that maybe I'll never meet, mm-hmm. but I know they go to that church down the street 
and um, and I know some of the pastors, you know, personally. So to know, oh, that's not one of their pastors. That's just somebody from their church. That's awesome. That's it's just it's insightful to me. That's not the word. It's encouraging to me to be a part of something bigger like that. So, um, yeah, it feels like I can't. I can't believe we're already. I mean, recording this on Monday the thirteenth. We're thirteen days into this already. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost to the halfway point. Um, what about you? How's the experience been for you? It's been. It's been. Uh, it, it's good. It's uh, different. Um, I did something different. We talked about this last week. Um, I didn't do a, a food fast in the, in the ways that I, I kind of tried to push it a little bit last year and, and, uh, really ultimately enjoyed and, and try to do something. I think this year has been easier for me to find myself distracted and be like, Oh, right, right. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not on my phone. Get off my phone. Pay attention to, you know, go back to the reading, go back to, to study. Um, do you say it's been easier or harder? It's been easier. Oh, to get distracted. Why is that, you think? Uh, just circumstances in your life? I think so. Um, just just doing something different. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I found it easier to fill the time mm. with other things. Um, but then I've also, I've also been able to fill the time with, with more constructive things as mm. well. So it's just, you know, it's been easy to get distracted at times. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm with you. I, I've really enjoyed the... Um, the awaken uh, devotional mm. and the just just being able to do something different and reading from different people and I, I'm I'm honestly I'm I'm excited like I was kind of worried that oh okay well, we're gonna have just the pastors from all these different churches write a handful of right. devotionals and right. I was like eh but then to have all of the people, all the different people, and I don't even know who they are. You know, right? Half the time, it's like, yep, don't know who that is. There, there, there's one church that it's like three of their pastors. Yeah, just looking ahead, I looked, I just kind oh, of skimmed yeah. through, and I, my heart, I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> and I'm not judging because well, I mean, shoot, we can yeah. all do it differently. And frankly, I, I there's there's an argument. Oh man, I get to hear from a very different thinking right pastor. You know, yeah. but I also love, I love that, for example. All four of our devotionals, out of the thirty of them, four from Colonial, uh, none of them are on our staff. None of them are our pastors. Yeah, one of them is is uh, Pat. We already we already read his. You know, Pat's our an elder, which is another, frankly, another word for pastor. Yeah, um, he's just not on our paid staff. But then the other three, spoiler alert, you know, one's your wife. You know, mm-hmm. and just a um, couple women, couple men that none of whom are on our staff. I love that. It's yeah. it's another opportunity to say all the members of the body have a function and something to contribute and their own journey to share, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so it's that's been a uh, something that that I've enjoyed um that's been different and not just a, you know, I think I think I said it last week. It's not just a um here's a devotional or here's the here's a 30-day thing that's on um the Bible app. So that's what we're going to do or whatever, but just a Hey, we literally crowdsourced this from, yeah. you know, from from Wichita Falls area. So I thought that was really cool. So, okay, so uh, let's get into the teaching um, from Sunday. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do man. it. So I'm. It, it's it, you know it's it's been it's been cool to go through John. Um, John is a very interesting book. I think we've we've discussed that. We talked about it last week. I really liked the. Um, 
those those walkthroughs from the the uh, the Bible yes. Institute Bible Project Project. Uh, couldn't remember what it was. Very helpful to me. I'm such a visual learner. Yeah, I just I, I thought those it. were really cool. Yeah. Um, those were those were really interesting. If, if any of you are listening right now and you didn't listen last week, go back to our show notes. Yeah. from last week's episode. And and there's a couple. There's, was, did you put two of them on there? I think it, it was both the both of the overviews of John. Just some dry yeah. race board, well narrated and quickly sketched. Just some just some overview, some intro to the gospel. That's mm-hmm. to me really really helpful. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I hope to go back and use those mm. just as as I read different things and yeah, and go back through those and 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 get different perspectives. I think it's so easy to jump into as you talked about last week. Hey, read this verse or read this paragraph or whatever. We're gonna read this passage and we miss the context. You, of course, you're talking about it from the context of read the whole book of John. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked that it gave me the information to understand more of what the author is trying to accomplish mm-hmm, through it. Mm-hmm. Um, not just a, uh, you know, a one-line statement of, this is the goal, but like, hey, when Jesus is talking about this, this is what he is actually talking against or or giving a different perspective on or whatever. And so I, I really like that. And mm. I hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to use that, you know, more and more going forward. So I thought that was really cool. Um, you brought up some, uh, some interesting things this week as you were talking through... Um, the the opportunity for the disciples to look at Jesus and say, eh, we're gonna we're gonna go with everybody else." Like people are are drawn to the big stuff, the flashy stuff, and then when you don't do everything they want, or you don't tell them what they want to hear, or whatever, they were um, they were all bailing on him and saying, "Eh, we're gonna go back over here mm-hmm, now." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then as you as you put it, the disciples have the opportunity, and we're like, "Well, what else?" What else are we gonna do? And yeah. I think I think it's funny to see how you could read that a couple of different ways. You know, well, I don't know. What else am I gonna do? Like, <laughs> I already walked away from everything. Like, I can't go back. Yeah. Or, man, what? Where else would we go? Like, what else would we do? Like, there is yeah. nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're implying there we can't fully hear their tone and know was it kind of a defeated, mm-hmm. well, reluctant, well, not. I mean, what else? What else are we gonna do? Yeah. Or was it this confident, you know, hope-filled? Well, <laughs> where else would we go? Like you're, you're it, you know. Right. And I, I lean toward the yeah, latter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think I mentioned this to you before we started recording. You know, um, the twelve stuck, and and real quick side note that included Judas. Like mm-hmm. I'm think what what was Judas in the moment thinking? Because Judas. As far as we know from everything else we've read about Judas, he, he obviously ended up betraying Jesus, but part of why he ended up betraying Jesus and going specifically to the religious leaders of the day to betray him was he was like, he's not, he's not doing what I thought he was going to do. Yeah. He's not wiping out the Romans. He's, mm-hmm. not, he's not freeing us, liberating us from oppression of the Roman Empire. Um, you know, he's, he's spending time with those people. Like, yeah. And so knowing that's where he ends up, where was he in that moment in Mm -hmm. John six, when all this, this huge group of people is like bailing saying, Oh, I'm confused. Oh, I don't, I don't, he's, I don't, I don't want to follow him anymore. I'm out. Judas stuck. What was going on internally in that moment? You know? Yeah. Um, I'm also fascinated, uh, by what, 
and we can't know. But what was going on in Peter's mind, in Judas's mind, in all the twelve, the, those that stuck in that moment, John sixty six sixty eight, I believe. They said, "Where else am I going to go? You have the words of life." What were they thinking and feeling still, watching everybody else leave? Like, how did that when they went to bed that night? Yeah, you know, how troubled were they? How frustrated were they? How yeah. hurt were they mm-hmm. that some of their friends, some of their family members, you have to assume, certainly people they'd, they'd done life with at some significant level yeah. were gone and not coming back. Yeah. They bailed. I mean, I think, I think about conversations that I've had with my wife, and I'm sure you, you, could, you could say the same. Um, maybe not even specific ones about specific scenarios, but just the idea of, you know, how many times have you had a conversation with your wife like, Am I missing something? Am mm-hmm. I am I crazy? Like, yeah. I feel like this is, like, I, I feel like my head's in the right spot here. Yeah. But obviously, I'm not the per. I'm I'm not the majority here. A lot of people are thinking right. the other thing. Right. A lot of people are. That's you know, and it's like, <laughs> am I the crazy one? Like, am I wrong? Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me tell me I'm wrong I, so I, I can hope. be like, oh. <laughs> My wife, Gary, listens to our podcast pretty faithfully. I'm trying to picture her when she's listening to this right now <laughs> because she hears me say that question a lot. Yeah. Carrie, Carrie, okay, help me out here. Am I crazy? <laughs> I'm not crazy, am I? Right, come on. Almost to the point where it's a joke in my house. Right. She's like, you got to stop asking me that. You're constantly... One of these days, I'm just going to tell you, yes, yes, it's you. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> yes, you are. But... Let's bring it to even uh, as pastors, you and me both here at Colonial, you know, when when somebody walks away from community specifically, I'm not even talking about faith, because they're tied together, but when someone walks away from our church community, our faith family, uh, somewhere in there is, is confusion mm-hmm. on my part, or certainly disappointment. Uh, frustration, uh, and, and and I guess to come back to your question, like to look at someone else who's still in community, going, are we are we missing something? Did we do something wrong? Is there is there something we need to change mm-hmm. that would prevent something like this from happening? Right? Is this unrelated to us? Is this uh-huh. all about them? And and don't worry about it. And <laughs> that's the messiness I think of. So you want an exit interview? <laughs> Yeah. For <laughs> well, you know what? Oh my goodness, you just hit a hot button. Which part of the reason we do this podcast, I'm reminding myself, is to let people peek behind the curtain. Some people may not have an interest in that, but for those of you that really want to know from a transparency standpoint what we as pastors and and church leaders are dealing with and facing and thinking and feeling and maybe a window into our, the work of work of our world, uh, you know I. I think there's an element of um, just pain about it. You know, it's it's hard mm-hmm. not to take it personally. Yeah. What we do is entirely personal. Right. This is not religious. This is relationship. Mm-hmm. That's a cliche, but it's true. And so, therefore, this is not an institution. This is family. And if I had my way, <laughs> this is downright ridiculous and silly but if i had my way everybody that left did an exit interview and they looked looked us in the eye and said this is why i'm leaving yeah and this is what i perceive and this is what i think and this is what i feel 
and and it's civil and it's edifying and it's you know and that's just not how life works right because i'm thinking of somebody that left very recently and they just the 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 catchy term of the day is just ghosted us you mm. know like vanished didn't shoot a text to say hey we're going to stop going to colonial hey we're going to we're going to go to this other church mm-hmm. or and and you inevitably don't know what happened like yeah did they move to Wisconsin? Did they, <laughs> did they get upset with you about something? You know, did, um, does it have anything to do with, with colonial? Does it have everything to do with colonial? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I don't know if this is helpful for our listeners, but, um, you know what? I will say this, I will say this in the, let's forget about church in the context of relationships, mm-hmm. when you walk away or when you back off, even when you, take a break from when you distance yourself man with rare exception the the healthy but understandably difficult thing to do but i would argue the right thing to do is have a conversation um we joke with you know younger like teenagers you know in dating relationship hey don't don't break up in a text message yeah. you know don't do that you know and and we and probably adults you know hey 34 year old adult don't don't just not call her back you know yeah. like and and yet that's there's there's dysfunctional reasons why we do that kind of thing and that that shocker that's right in the middle of church life and i would i would just as a pastor to our listeners as a brother in christ to our listeners hey when you're going to make a big change in relationships um man leave well like I've, I've said that to a few staff over the years that have left uh, voluntarily or otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, how you leave is really important. How you, how you end a relationship, so to speak, is, is how you do it is really, really important. And frankly, an opportunity to love well in the leaving, mm-hmm. you know? So I wonder how many times that we... Um we see it as an institution, yes, and not the relationship. No, I th- I think that's you a, know, oh man, and, and, and it's yes. like I am I am horrible, and anybody out there that has had a relationship with me in the past and uh, happens to listen to this podcast could probably verify <laughs> that when I am no longer in your presence on on a regular basis, yeah. I'm not a great friend. Like right. I don't think about it all the time. There's a handful of people that I'm like I'm going to make sure that I text them and yep. call them on their birthday or yep. hey I know this is going on or whatever. But, you know, work friends, people that I've known for long periods of time, and I'm like, ah, you know, I, I yeah. think like high school, like <laughs> the people I went to high school with, I'm like, hi, I don't, I don't yeah. know you, like, I haven't talked to you in 25 years or whatever it is, but I wonder how many times it's like, yeah, you know, if we're not in that relationship, it's just, it's an institution that it's yep. like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going there for whatever reason, and I'm not going there anymore, I'm not going to that thing, Yep. whether it's a, I check the box of church or or it's like uh, you know this one or that one, and you can go someplace else. But I, I wonder how often, and people would be like, "Oh, you would want me to tell you that?" I think you're hitting it on the head. I think to the degree we see church specifically as an institution, which I think a lot of people do, um, then it's it's nameless, faceless. Yeah, it's not personal. And it's very easy, not even to be a jerk about it, but just to go, eh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. from there to here, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. I think 
in the way that we are consumers, I mean, if you're going to stop shopping at Walmart and you're going to start shopping at Market Street, yeah, uh, you don't tell the Walmart manager. <laughs> you don't tell the Walmart some, some employees. Some people do. Uh, you might do it negatively. You might, I you might am fire take out, my dollars. fire off an email, you know, but <laughs> it's not, stock is going to plummet because yes. I'm going over there. Well, you went down a different road, but, but you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. you're consuming. So yeah. why would you, why would you inform anybody or have a really beautiful mm-hmm. edifying conversation on your way out the door? Hey, Walmart, thanks for everything you've ever done for me. Incredibly grateful. going to take my talents to, I'm going to take my, <laughs> take my, my resources to market street. And so that's, that's as a consumer. Another way of looking at it is as a fan. If you're just a big fan, I mean, if you're a big fan of, I'm thinking of one of my buddies who's a big fan of the Seattle Seahawks, which I didn't know they existed, but evidently there's some fans of the (laughs) Seattle Seahawks. And just recently, Russell Wilson uh, got traded or signed up, not traded, he got signed at at the Broncos. And he's like, you know what? I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be a Denver Broncos fan now. I love Russell Wilson. And guess what? He didn't, have any kind of farewell to the organization of Seattle. He's, he's a fan, you know, it's, he's not personally connected. Right. And I think, I think understandably so there's a ton of churches, ton of church people, church attending people who see the church as an institution or um, they are consumers. They're not really connected or contributing. They're, they're just consuming. So what, you just walk away or, or they're fans. They're big fans. I like, I like them. Mm -hmm. And then you become a fan of something else. You know, I think it's different. And I trust some of our listeners are quickly going to identify with this. It's different when you get to a place in your spiritual journey where you, you see the church as a family. It's, it's messy. Of course, that's what family is. It's dysfunctional at times. It's relationship. You're on a team with people. You're in a small group with people. You're you're not attending as fans or consumers, but you're 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 gathering. That's why we've even used that word a lot lately. You're gathering together with with at least somewhat like-minded family members. And so when someone gets transferred, I'm thinking of the Ladners this past, you know, couple of years, gets mm-hmm. transferred to Pennsylvania because of being in the military. Oh, it's painful. You know, there's loss there. There's hugs and celebration of what we've experienced, and there's and there's sadness, and and then they come back and visit. And Will Will came in, you know, just to sometime in the last several weeks and surprised me, us in the office and going around hugging us because he was here on a trip. And that's a very different experience, yeah. you know. And so, um, I think at some level, let's take it back to John six. Evidently, a lot of these people, they weren't relationally connected to Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. If, if I had to speculate, the difference for Peter, Peter saw all the same miracles that all these people saw that walked away. Yeah, Peter heard all the same teachings, including, that was weird, eat my flesh, drink my blood. You know, right. all the same teachings that were confusing or, or frustrating that all these people that walked away. But the one major difference he had is Jesus was his friend. Yeah. Jesus was his rabbi, his his mentor. Um Jesus knew his name and called him by name, actually gave him a new name even, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's this relational connection that is at the heart of the gospel. It's not just knowing the right stuff. It's not just embracing a philosophy of life. 
that's the difference to me that is the hook. Yeah. Maybe maybe to get to the crux of of even John Six, what's the hook? Mm. It's it's relationship, because then when my world's shaking around me, as we sang a couple songs to that end yesterday, and um, literally there's earthquake, world is shaking, and people are dying, and I don't understand yeah. why bad things happen to good people, and and there's you know evil in the world and doing this that and the other, and there's people we even care about in our community that their marriages are falling apart or man, this is not how I wish it was in the middle of all that is relationship with Jesus that we stay hooked to. We, we stay ground, you know, we, we are grounded on that to me is the difference between everything else. Um, I think if I, if I think if I will, I will say this, if I wasn't hooked in relationally in a, a very real, very personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, then I think I would have quit pastoring a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think I probably wouldn't be going to church very much, if at all, because there's so many other things that are disturbing or frustrating, and yet I have zero desire to walk away because he is he is at the center of everything. I don't... It, is that do you, do you relate it to it like that? I know we're 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 wired very differently. You know, I, I'm I'm on paper a very relational person. Yeah, I mean, being wired differently mean it it doesn't mean that I'm not into. I mean, you're not relational. Interested you're, in you're relationships. Created that way, absolutely. Um, right. So it's it's not void of that. It may it's not like the gregarious outgoing. I want to I want to be in a relationship with everyone. Um, you know, I want to be in a relationship with a few, with a handful, you know. Um, so, so yeah, it's still the same. It, you know, being being disconnected still feels the same. Yeah. Um, just maybe not on the, the a larger scale yeah. at the same, in the same way, you know. I think one of the things that sticks out to me is, um, is that while, while, the, you know, the, this, this specific um, chapter that we're in, they're talking about all these people walking away, and um, I find it interesting that they were um, they were looking for something. So there's a difference, right? So at the time, they were looking for something for Jesus to be mm-hmm. that he was not. Mm-hmm. Some of them, or at least, you know, a, a large a large chunk of them are looking for, and not just Jesus, but the the Messiah, the Christ in general, right? right. Whoever that's going to be is going to be this 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 he's thing. Coming on that's a white, fit into this, white right? horse. With he's gonna. Sword. He's gonna save us. He's gonna he's rescue gonna us from the, the, Romans. the Romans, and he's gonna yep. be a political leader, a military leader, and that's yep. what they're looking for. Yep. And when he's not that, they walk away. Um, I, I think that there's there's an interesting difference now that I see, at least that it, it appears that we we don't do that as often. Maybe it's the time. Maybe it's um, you know ways that we've grown up or whatever um, cultures that we've been in. And and but we don't we're not walking away from Jesus in the same way. We reimagine Jesus in a different way. So he becomes the you know the 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 Talladega Knights. He becomes the Buddy Jesus or the tuxedo T-shirt wearing Jesus or the infant baby Jesus. You know, and he's like, well, I, I see Jesus like this. And all these people in the story are walking away from Jesus, going, oh, he's not what I was looking for. That's not that's not what mm-hmm. I'm what I'm looking for. And we tend to say. 
uh, I don't. I think he's. I think he's this thing over here. You're making a good point in that. Well, if, if I'm if I'm tracking with you right, Brooke, uh, <laughs> wasn't the most clear thought in my head, but I'm seeing the difference in well, you know the major difference to me is looking back and looking forward. You know, yeah, the the Jews of Jesus' day that a lot of them that rejected Jesus, specifically the religious establishment, rejected Jesus as as the promised. I mean, they they all they all knew somebody was promised, mm-hmm. somebody's coming. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, this is what he's going to be like. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be our military, political, powerful mm-hmm. leader. And Jesus did not. I mean, born baby in a stable, <laughs> you know, hanging out with the least of these, and, right? Uh, preaching about a power under, you know, mm-hmm. serving from beneath, not from the top down. He just didn't fit didn't fit their description. But that's that's unmet expectations, or that's that's uh, misunderstanding mm-hmm. what what was promised. We look back now, we read about the suffering servant. Isaiah was really clear. Yeah. He's going to come and he's going to suffer and he's going to die. Somehow, a lot of people miss that. But that's all looking forward. They, they're, they were looking forward to something that didn't happen in their mind. We are on the complete opposite end of that. Mm-hmm. We look back, we have everything laid out for us. Not just what was promised, but then ultimately who came. Ultimately what he said and did and experienced and taught. And we look back, and to your point, now it's not so much, okay, he's not, he's not, he didn't meet our expectation. It's like we reimagine him. Mm-hmm. Like that's, to me, part of the role of the church of, of today, certainly um, the messaging of church leaders like us today is, is really centered around we, we've got to better understand who Jesus really is mm-hmm what he really calls us to and not and, and and in some ways we're correcting we're like no 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 he's he's actually not political in right. that regard he's political i guess in the regard that everything involves sure. you know people but you can't conflate him with your your, your specific party specific or party or anything no no don't go there oh no 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 he's he's not that way either that's not his agenda mm-hmm. you know it's and and it's it, that's why we study the scriptures. That's why we lean into other really smart people who say, no, no, this this is what the gospels say. This is what Paul and Peter and others taught. You know, firsthand witnesses and and so. Well, so that that, that also like it, it kind of leads towards the the deconstruction conversation that I don't necessarily know exactly where you want to go with that, but um, they they were not deconstructing their faith. Or, or or changing it, they were just looking at it going, ah, that's not what I was looking for. And I, it reminds me of the, the Gandhi quote that, you know, mm. um, I, I, I like your Christ. I like your Christ. But I don't like your Christians. Yeah. And, you know, it's I wonder how many people are looking at Jesus now yes. and saying, I don't want that. Yes. But they're looking at... But they're not really looking at Jesus. They're, but No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like the looking, ones that are, actually looking, are. That, that are actually looking at Jesus going, no, I don't want that. But they're looking at our versions of Jesus and yes. what we have portrayed to everybody yes. as Jesus, and they're saying, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested Ooh. in that." No, I, I, if I know, even before we start recording, you're like, "I don't know where we're going with this deconstruction <laughs> conversation," and I don't want to go very far because I don't think that's one of my my subject matters of 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 deep knowledge. But I I do think that's the very simple observation. 
about this whole conversation of modern day walking away, modern way, modern day deconstructing, not constructing, but deconstructing uh, from a spiritual standpoint. I think it's you could you could oversimplify it and say, yeah, people are look. It's it's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. That's that's the word. It's even if it's misperceived, you yeah. know, it's okay. I think it's supposed to look like X, but it looks like Y. Yeah. And there's this cognitive dissonance, maybe even that turns into real disdain. Mm-hmm. You know, real, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. You say X and you do Y. Jesus was like this and you're his people and you're like you're that. You're not. And, and that's, you know, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Mm-hmm. That's Gandhi. That's arguably one of the most helpful prophetic things said to us as Christians. Um, I think, I think you can at least it should be. It should be. It should be incredibly troubling. You know, I I do know that uh, the handful of non-Christian, really good friends I have, they have said something. They have all said something like that. Yeah. Um, I I think of a couple of my friends in Colorado that specifically have looked me in the eye and said, "You've been a blessing to me. Mm. You've been you've been a gift to me." Because you're the only Christian I think I like, hmm. and you've been a good friend to me, and yeah. I hang around these other Christian people, and I want nothing to do with them. And you know, on one hand, that makes me feel good; sure. it's flattering, it's warm and fuzzy. That's mostly really disconcerting. Yeah, like, oh, what are they experiencing? What are they perceiving? Mm-hmm. That's such a turnoff. It's not Jesus. Right. <laughs> like, it's it's all I can do. Sometimes go, okay, I, I realize that the Church of Jesus with his name on it has really messed you up. Or I realize your perception as you watch, you know, some political speech and they're dropping the name of Jesus four times. And you think that's Christianity. It's not. And I just want you to take a really good look directly at Jesus. Like look past all of us (laughs) and just look at Jesus. And I promise you, just get a taste of him, you know? Um, I, I do want to. Uh, I was reading one article, even this morning, uh, written by Russell Moore, who uh, I don't agree with him on everything, but I find myself agreeing with him a lot of the time. He is a very thoughtful, challenging uh, Christian. And he writes this about deconstructing. I want to read just a couple excerpts. He says, For some people, deconstructing means losing their faith altogether becoming atheists, agnostics, or spiritual but not religious people. For others, deconstructing means still believing in Jesus, but struggling with how religious institutions have failed. Hmm. And there are also many for whom deconstructing means maintaining an ongoing commitment to Orthodox Christianity, as well as a robust commitment to the church, but without the cultural political baggage associated with the label evangelicalism. So I, I, I really like how he breaks that down for some, it, anytime you're going to talk about, yeah, a, a ter- you got to understand that's, what's the term. That's mean, what I was going to say. You know? the, this is the, it probably this means, is one of those words. Yeah. You got to start at the top and say, what, what are we talking about? What do you mean by that? Yes. And so I, I like how he distinguishes. If I can try to repeat it in my brain, he, he distinguishes between for some people deconstructing, is walking away from faith entirely. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even believe this stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, I and so I'm an agnostic, I'm an atheist, you know. But for some people, it's it's not a lack of faith anymore. 
in Jesus maybe, but it certainly is, you know what, I'm walking away from the institution of the yeah. church. And I actually have a number of friends like mm-hmm. that. It, it, I, yeah. I'm almost in confused denial hmm. because they have not walked away from Jesus. Uh, we talk about him together, hmm. and they speak of him fondly, and but they really don't want to be a part of an institutional church anymore. And then there's this third category that Russell mentions, which is they've, they're not walking away from their faith. They're not even walking away from the church. They're just, um, they really want to get away from the messiness of it and the baggage of it. And so to me, those are people who are still maybe, they may not even go to church on a Sunday morning, but they, they have a small group in their home or they, um, it's their way of, of walking away, but not walking away. I I think that's an interesting way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we talk about deconstructing, um, I want to read one other excerpt about deconstruction that maybe comes back to this Gandhi quote and hypocrisy and the heart of what we're talking about. He writes that in the church, we have not expect, this is his opinion, Russell Moore in the church. We have not expected too much, but too little. The church is meant to shape our character. And if not to grant meaning to our life, then to at least point us toward the meaning through worship, mission, and teaching. And yet, and this is speaking to the people who have walked away, yet some have seen behind the veil to a kind of Christianity that does not even aspire to holiness, love, gentleness, Christ-likeness, renewal of mind, bearing of burdens, the the kind of church we see in the New Testament. These people are often led to the point of exhaustion, at the incongruity of it all, perhaps questioning if they were lied to all along. Whew. Just whistled in the microphone. Like, <laughs> like, I think that just hits it is, mm. man, if, if there is a, if there, I would go so far as to say this, if there's a really good reason to walk away from the church, I would submit it's because you don't see the fruit of the spirit on display. Um, I'm not saying everybody's perfect or it's not a room full of sinners. It's supposed to be a, a big giant family of jacked up people in progress. So don't, don't mishear me. But I do think if you can't look around the room, so to speak, if you can't rub shoulders <laughs> with a number of people and somewhere in the middle of all that, see the, what we call from scripture, the fruit of the spirit on display. That's where I'd go. Yeah. You know what? That's a good reason to walk away. Where, where is Jesus? Where is the life that he promises? If you can't see joy, if you can't see peace, if you can't see patience, holiness, gentleness, faithfulness, if you can't see kindness, even in the middle of someone being a jerk and someone else marriage falling apart and someone else upside down in debt. And that, that can't be what God wants and selfishness over here. But in the middle of all that still to see life change and hope renewed. And cause to me, that's the church. It's, it's the fruit. I see that. I'll, I'll say this boldly at colonial. I see a lot of things that are unsettling and hypocritical in my church family in colonial myself and in other people around me. And I see life change. I see people discovering the goodness of God. I see people experiencing uh, grace. I see people extending kindness and forgiveness. And so 
um, that's why I can't walk away. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see the mess and I, 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 I can relate to people who are fed up with hypocrisy and want to walk away. And I can't relate really. Oh, my overarching thought is I can't relate to people walking away. I'm, I'm Peter going, are you kidding me? Like, this is jacked up. This is a mess. And I ain't going anywhere because I have tasted the goodness God does bring to it and through it. And so, um, that's my own personal, I guess, processing of what Moore's writing about. Um, I think some people, maybe they're asking, have I been lied to? Mm-hmm. Like you promised life, you promised life abundant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well back up. What did you think that meant? First mm-hmm. of all, <laughs> did you think that meant wealth and health and easy? Right. Yeah. Cause that's not what the gospels promise. Oh, you do have a good expectation and you're still not mm-hmm. experiencing it. Okay. Well, let's talk about our role in that, our hypocrisy, our sin, but let's also talk about mm-hmm. the sufficiency of God's grace Yeah, and how love covers a multitude of sins and the promises of scripture that he is going to make all things new. Um, and you, we got to grab hold of that. So, uh, I, I think that in our era, 2023, I don't know what you call, we always label these eras <laughs> looking back, you know, I don't know what we call the, the time we're living in post pandemic, right. You know, American Christianity, the church of America, I should say post pandemic, you know, this is a new season. I think it is a challenging time for us to really re-examine what are we signed up for? Mm-hmm. You know, who are we following and why? What does he actually promise, not what do we just expect or hope he is going to give us? And how do we lean into that? And how do we experience it and be faithful to him? Um, to me, that's the role of you and me as pastors, figuring that out, journeying with people along the way, reexamining. That's why we're, we can't go wrong camping out in the Gospels, uh, rereading, immersing ourselves in, in things like the Gospel of John. Um, and then ultimately get into that fork in the road. We're going to, we're going to leave too. <laughs> Are we all in? It's galvanizing. We live, we live in a galvanizing time, which to me is very exciting. Is that what you're labeling? Michael Cately would say poop or get off the pot. <laughs> if I can bring it back to my Super Bowl party. <laughs> yes. Like yes. seriously, like it's. Are you in or you? I, can I say this? When I grew up in Europe, most people, and by most people, I mean like, like I think it was like eighty-five percent didn't go to church anymore. I mean, we we've spoken for the last few decades about the spiritually dead, right. dead nature of Europe, mm-hmm. with all of its huge, beautiful old churches that are tourist tourist uh, um, attractions. Right, like nobody's there. It's empty. Um. You know what the upside of all that is? The people who love Jesus, the people who gather together regularly in the church that I grew up in, for example, in Germany, passionate people, hmm. incredibly committed people. Uh, it's galvanizing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like easy about it. There's nothing normal, common um, about it. You, you got to want it. And, and so... While this is a troubling time we live in and can be, you know, we, we read, uh, I read a couple stats, you know, um, 
over half of Americans now don't go to church. First time the majority of in, in, in at least statistical survey that have been taken the last few decades is the first time that, that the majority of Americans say they don't attend church regularly. Uh, I, I read another recent stat, 61% of church attending people post-pandemic are going to the same church they went to before the pandemic. Yeah. Like if, if you're listening right now and you're wondering why did so-and-so leave and why is somebody else going to that other church? And guess what? Across the country, 39% of yeah. people who went to church are going to different churches now. It was like an excuse yeah. to consume or try something, try to find community or whatever it is somewhere else. And uh, while that can be really troubling, those th- all those statistics thrown together, I'm a sicko. I excites me. It's just like, oh, sweet. We're being forced to poop or get off the pot. You know, we're we're being forced to to really re-examine what do we believe and why and yeah. is he worth following? Is he is he the is he the Christ? Mm-hmm. You know or no? Is does he really want to use the church? Yeah. Like, no, surely not. You know, Augustine's quote: "She's a whore, but she's my mom." <laughs> you know. That's that's the quote. She's she's a whore, but she's my mother. That's not a troubling quote to me. That's a sobering and yet really galvanizing, exciting quote to me. Yeah. Yeah, she's a complete mess. But she's the source of life. Yeah. I just went on a rant. You miss me, Brooke? <laughs> so much. <laughs> Tanner's not here to share I know, you know, right. all the words. No, it's so. okay. It's okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I it's to me, the, the 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 other thing that goes along with that is is the um, is what we have to. You're talking about the fruit of the spirit, right? The outside world has to be able to see the fruit of the spirit, no doubt. If their expectations of us are um, matching what they have been tripping over and the hypocrisy that they see, they're not coming. They're not coming back. They're not they're not joining in the first place. You know, it's a their expectation has to be that this is something different and life-changing. And if that's not the expectation, if that's the expectation they're coming in with and that's not what they're seeing, then, you know, that's not, that's not what the true church is. Right, right. Yeah. Well, the definition of frustration is when I've, I've been told by somebody that I like this definition, <laughs> uh, it's when expectation doesn't mean reality. Right. That's first. That's about anything. About you know, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. You know, when expectation for you doesn't meet reality, that's the very definition. Ah, frustration. Yeah. yeah. Apply that to really important things. Yeah. Like like Jesus, like the church, like yeah. And sometimes our expectations are just <laughs> so so inaccurate, so so unfounded in truth that the only possible result is those expectations not being met and therefore really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So to wrap this thing up here, um, we're looking toward uh, the, the, the second half of, of Awaken and our fasting and prayer month. Um, continuing in John, what can we, what can we look forward to uh, in the next week or two with, uh, with John? Well, um, I very purposefully, uh, if you didn't notice this past week, and I think, I think I alluded to it very briefly, but you may have missed it. Um, you know, 
knowing that a lot of us are immersing ourselves in the gospel, in my preparation from a teaching standpoint, just trying to find, okay, our devotional touches on this moment and this encounter that Jesus had with people and, and this miracle and this teaching and trying to maybe look at uh, what I've done is look at some things that were, were skipped over or um, I mean, inevitably, like for example, we, we, our devotional took us all the way through John 10 and, and the devotionals just kind of skipped that last part of John six. Not only did we skip it, but it's one of my favorite, one of yeah. my favorite moments, you know, really. And so, um, if nothing else, you can look. I, I hope the intro, the overview, was helpful as we immersed ourselves in John. And and I encourage again to go back and look at those those Bible Project videos. Really helpful. But then also, um, just like we did yesterday, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at a, a, a couple of key uh, excerpts from the gospel that are not covered in the devotional that people may have questions on. Um, to that end, I would welcome. Uh, it's not too late. Um, I would welcome. Man, if there's a, there's something in the Gospel of John that is confusing to any of our listeners, or you're curious about, uh, or or you just it's always something you've wondered about, send it to podcast at colonialchurch.com. At the very least, we'll talk about it on the podcast. It might even make it into a Sunday morning, you know, teaching moment if it if it's if the context applies. Um, but welcome those kind of questions or thoughts. I had I had one person even even uh, write me while I was gone this past week um, in Colorado. Hey, I know you've got you know at least a couple of commentaries on the Gospel of John. Can I look at one of those? Mm-hmm. I want to I want to read about chapter such such. You don't have to listen to me talk about it. You can read some from some really smart people. Um, so yeah, all that's all that's looking forward to. We're gonna um, I'll, I'll go ahead and transition. Uh, you know. Some of us are fasting food-wise. Others, like yourself, you know, fast. You're fasting from different things. Regardless, we're waiting until after our awaken experience uh, to have another community meal together. Mm-hmm. We mentioned yesterday that uh, the first Sunday after awaken, so that'll be March fifth. Yep. We're gonna uh, have again. We're gonna come to the table. It's a term we've used uh, over a year now. It's an opportunity to come to the table together, and we're having a chili cook-off. And uh, probably my favorite come to the table experience of last year, <laughs> just because people went above and beyond, just amazing chili, and it's making a little fun competition. That's right. Uh, Rachel Woods has laid down the gauntlet, I think, and said, "Try to keep up." That's you right. You know, <laughs> I love that she's an amazing cook. But we've opened it up for if you haven't already um, thought about submitting your chili. For uh, the com- competition, you can jump on the app and register. It sounds so weird to say you can register your chili. Register your chili, and you'll get some follow-up, you know, direction on where where to have it and when and in what form, and uh, but also some of our groups uh, as a group are, are providing chili. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Kind of breaking the fast is really yep. where I'm going with that. Is we're we're going to jump back in. I mean, it's what three days three days after we yeah, wrap it up because our thirty days goes through March second. Uh, so that's a Thursday, mm-hmm. and then that Sunday we will party together go. like it's 1999 <laughs> with chili. Sounds good. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. Now I'm really hungry. Now I'm hungry. I guess we gotta wrap this up. Well, we're recording this. It's almost. It's. It's frankly, it's lunchtime on it a is Monday. Lunchtime, yes. Let's wrap this up. And bro. you started talking about food. This has been the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. 
You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com, or you can go get our app from the App Store, the Google Play Store. Uh, As Lauren said, send us an email. Tell us what you're thinking about, uh, what's sticking out to you through Awaken, what's God showing you. Um, You can email us at podcast at colonialchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we will pick up our conversation again next week.